Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And now, Michelle Smallman and Randy Character. I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm coming home, let the to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Last night, Michelle, I went to bed thinking, eh, eh, Cardinals will open up in about 10 days now. <laughs> they mean the Cardinals are opening up in 10 days. I still think the Cardinals are the 7th or 8th best team in the league, but I'm so excited about the fact that Derek Gould and Katie Wu with great work down in Florida, Derek breaking the story that the Cardinals are bringing Albert Pujols back. We talked about this, Randy, at the end of last week that we heard the streets were talking that mm-hmm. Albert might have some interest in returning to the Cardinals and that the interest might be mutual. Katie Wu and Derek Gould were reporting that over the weekend at the end of last week. I thought maybe this would be something that they would explore from a business perspective. There's no reason why they wouldn't. But I didn't know if they would make this move, Randy, simply because they're so high on so many of their young guys. And I didn't know if they would want to bring in Albert and potentially block one of these younger players from getting those at-bats and growing. But I am so excited that Albert Pujols is coming back to St. Louis. One last dance with Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and now Albert Pujols back in the mix. And the Cardinals better be going for it, Randy. I want them the entire season, whether it's the intensity of the team or the front office going out and making moves to supplement this team. It's time to put all hands on deck and really put the pedal to the metal. Let's go. And we can tell this now because it's happened. But late last season, when the Dodgers came into town, before L.A. came into town, 
Adam Wainwright was in touch with Albert, recruiting him hard, hard to come back during the offseason. And I have to believe, Michelle, that it's not a coincidence that once Yadier Molina shows up in camp for the Cardinals soon after the signing of Albert Pujols takes place. I have to believe that Yadi came into town probably with the same recruiting pitch for the Cardinal front office that Adam has had, I'm sure, throughout the spring. And those guys, they know how Albert's feeling, and he's he's feeling good. Does anybody expect him to hit 37 homers and drive in 137? No, but relative to what they have and what the unknown is, and as Ned Coletti told us a couple of weeks ago, the advantages, the, the intrinsic off-field advantages that Albert Pujols brings to the table are things that you just can't get anywhere else. The, the Cardinals have... For two and a half million dollars, purchase themselves a coach who could make a lot of people better. We love sports because we love greatness. And who has been greater than Albert Pujols in recent memory in St. Louis sports? And when I think, Randy, about the way that it ended with the Cardinals and with Albert and how devastated St. Louis was for Albert to leave. And then I think about him going away, being on some other teams, not winning but having a chance to return back to where it all started, potentially win again, and potentially make history with number 700 wearing the birds on the bat. This is a storyline that you can only dream of if you're the Cardinals. This is a storyline that as a sports fan, you talk about with your Mm -hmm. buddies. Wouldn't that be great? The fact that it's happening, that there's a chance that we could see Albert do those things with the birds on the bat on his uniform again is remarkable. And Michelle, over the years since he left, I've had the good fortune of working with Albert with a charitable softball game that he does. And I always make it a point when Patrick and I go down to spring training in Arizona. My son is a Giants fan, so every year we go to Arizona for spring training. And I always make it a point to go see Albert in an Angels game. And half the time when we talk, he'll tell me, you know, this is where I work. This is not where home is. Home is St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Pretty cool to have a guy do that. It's pretty awesome. It's going to be fun. You're happy to have him back. I am. Yeah. He, be cool. he always has had such a special place in his heart for St. Louis and has continued to pour back into our community. Mm-hmm. No matter what the circumstances were, his charity is here. Yep. Think, about, think about the the ovation that he got when he returned back right. to Bush Stadium and the way that St. Louis, even though we felt a certain type of way about him leaving, he's always our right. guy. And when he came back, we showed him that love and adoration. And Randy, when I think about the home opener, it was going to be special anyway. Having Yadier Molina there, having Adam Wayne right there. Yep. To think about number five jumping off that truck at Bush Stadium in a packed house after everything we've been through with the pandemic and restrictions, to think about him getting that moment, I have chills all over my body. Yeah, you better get your opening day tickets soon. Uh, and that opening weekend now is just going to be massive. And like you said, he he's, for a lot of people, there was a lot of bitterness when he left. So I, I think it would be disingenuous for, for us to say, for me and you, he was always our guy. But the point is, we were always his fans. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine what it must have felt like for an Angels fan. And they have good fans. They show up and they cheer. But for him to always say, yeah, the best fans are in St. Louis, you know, it's even when he was there and hitting 40 home runs, he was still saying the best fans were in St. Louis. So he never forgot. And now a lot of 
angst that has built up over the years, I think, has an opportunity to, to be rectified this season. But but think about the reaction that you just had, Randy. This is yeah. emotional for us. It's it's more than just sports for us here in right. St. Louis. It's a deep connection that we have with these organizations and our community and these people. And Albert represents so much of that. He, to me, when whenever I have kids and I take them to Bush Stadium, I'm going to tell them about the, the magical moments that I got to see from Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bigger than just <laughs> it's bigger than just well, sports. It really is. That's I was thinking about Joe Buck's twin boys because they're going to be five this baseball season, and they obviously never had a chance to see him play. But Joe and Michelle will be able to take them to Bush, State, or Bush Stadium and see Albert Pujols step to the plate and tell them they aren't going to see what we saw, but they can tell them what he did and point to where some of the home runs went and talk about the World Series that the Cardinals won. It's going to be cool for every family that has kids that don't remember Albert Pujols playing for the Cardinals to go to a game so that you can have that connection. Think about the way that this is going to invigorate the clubhouse. This These guys did not need any more of a reason to win, but think about the way Nolan Arenado yeah. has, has spoken about the reverence he has for Albert Pujols. His favorite player. His favorite player. Think about a guy like Harrison Bader, who we know the respect and adoration he has for Yadier Molina mm-hmm. and for Adam Wainwright, that he's going to have... Albert Pujols coming in and showing him the things that he knows. Think about someone like Tyler O'Neill, who already is becoming such a force offensively, having one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game, saying, here's what I saw at that at bat, maybe trying this. Just just the way that he's going to be able to impact this team mm-hmm. from a knowledge standpoint and from an intensity standpoint, the cachet that he's going to bring in that clubhouse, I am fired up on a Monday morning, Randy. We will be taking your mic drops with the Rhino Shield mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app throughout the morning. We'll also be taking your texts. The Cardinals did fall to the Mets yesterday, 7-3. to three. Michelle, in an ordinary spring training schedule, this would have been the first weekend of games. Max Scherzer went six innings and threw 90 pitches. <laughs> He's ridiculous. <laughs> He's absolutely ridiculous. He allowed two runs on three hits. He finished up after uh, Jacob deGrom had gone three innings. Dakota Hudson, three innings for the Cardinals, four runs, all earned a walk in four Ks. Jake Woodford pitched well, a run in three innings. Matthew Libertor went two innings. He allowed two runs on four hits. Harrison Bader, two for three. Alec Burleson was two for four. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Kerber later on in the show about the Blues. That might be the only Blues opportunity we get this morning after a disastrous 7-2 loss to Carolina. The Blues just didn't show any effort at all in falling behind 3-0. They allowed a shorthanded goal early, 1-5 for five on the power play. And that was, if I were a member of that team... I would be embarrassed by that performance on home ice the other night. I think they were. If you listen to some of their post-game comments, they didn't want to talk. They, you could clearly see and feel the frustration uh, from some of the guys speaking. And I know Braden Shen said we're going to deal with it inside the room. Mm-hmm. But, Randy, I don't know how they rectify this because this is kind of the same rhetoric that we've been hearing from them. We need to find our identity. We're gonna. David Perron told us mm-hmm. we're going to find the answers in the room. And they seem to find it for a time, but finding it consistently has been a struggle. And here's a concern for me. Ryan O'Reilly, you expect him to be one of the guys that's leading you out of this. Two shots, no hits, no takeaways. Ivan Barbashev, you expect him to be an engine-type player, a guy who does things that Oscar Sundquist did in his prime. Ivan Barbashev, no shots, one hit. Vladimir Tarasenko was a minus four, had one shot, one uh, shot blocked, and one missed shot. And then, of course, the, the biggest bugaboo for the Blues right now, Billy uh, Huso, five mm-hmm. goals allowed on 26 shots. The Blues allowed a couple of empty netters, but... The people that I expect to 
take charge in a game, especially, and Braden Shen's one of those, and he was fine. But O'Reilly and Barbashev delivering virtually nothing physically is really troubling. And what's troubling for me is I think at times we've been able to justify this saying, well, the Blues play up or down to their competition. And and when the opponent is strong, they show up, which is going to bode well for them come playoff time. But then a, a team like Carolina comes in and you have a performance like that. We can't use that as a rationalization no. anymore. And we're in a position where we're talking about the Blues maybe not even making the playoffs. Right. They're only three points ahead of missing the playoffs. The NCAA tournament, Final Four next Saturday in New Orleans. The early game, Villanova and Kansas. The late game, Duke and North Carolina. First time they've ever met in an NCAA tournament. And Coach K will have to beat North Carolina to win his sixth and presumably final championship. Villanova beat Houston on Saturday, 50-44. to Duke over Arkansas, 78-69. And then yesterday, KU just hammered Miami, outscored Miami 47 to uh, 15 in the second half, and Kansas rolls 76 to 50, and North Carolina over St. Peter's yesterday 69-49. So the Peacocks' magical run ends. So sad. It is, but it's going to happen. They were America's team, the Peacocks. Yep. Yeah, they were. We had Peacock Day and everything. Yeah, it was awesome. In the women's NCAA tournament, South Carolina and Texas both won tonight. UConn and NC State, and Michigan and Louisville. Hey, uh, U.S. men's national team. All right. Uh, 5-1 route of Panama, and the U.S. would need to suffer a six-goal loss to Costa Rica on Wednesday to be denied automatic qualification in the World Cup. So we're going to the World Cup. Christian Pulisic with the Hattie. Let's go USA. Italy, you embarrassed me. USA, thank you for for getting us in this position so I have at least one country to cheer for. (laughs) And our Jason Tatum minute yesterday, the Celtics knocking off the T-Wolves 134 to 112. The St. Louis and Jason Tatum, Michelle, 34 points, five rebounds, six assists. Every time we do the Jason Tatum minute, he's done something great. Care Kearns, Mom, and Bump? I would say that's part of it. No doubt about it. Coming up, your texts and your mic drops. Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This will not be a typical Monday morning show. A lot of mic drops, a lot of texts, a lot of reaction to the Cardinals re-signing Albert Pujols, bringing him back for a last dance. Michelle, you were just telling me about a Derek Gould tweet. Yes, so Derek Gould has it, John Denton has it. A lot of people down in Jupiter are reporting about this, obviously. And Yadier Molina just ending a FaceTime with Albert Pujols, walking over to the media and saying, he will be in town today. You guys be ready for him. (laughs) That's according to Derek Gould. So we're going to see the first glimpse of Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals today in Jupiter. That is fantastic. Looking forward to uh, him being back and let's get to some text 65780 uh this from the open and i'm glad to hear it of uh, the, the home runs the uh, i'm coming home open that about just made me cry well that's what it's supposed to do this is emotional this is good this is for some of us the greatest athlete that we're ever going to see in our lifetime that represented our community making mm-hmm. his return to St. Louis. And, you know, Randy, there's going to be a lot of time to talk about what he has left in the tank. And there's going to be a lot of time to talk about his performance during the season. But for now, for just today, this is about the emotion of this moment. This is about what it feels like to have what 
is a sports icon and someone that genuinely loves our community and actively tries to make it better coming home. It's about the reunion. From the 636, good morning, crew. With all due respect, let's effing go! <laughs> and that, uh, that's a, a great 7 in the morning text. You I know, love he, it. This person did say with all due respect. Yeah, which, which I like. <laughs> uh, from the 618, let's go, boys and girls. Albert is back, and yes, I'm wearing my Hoop Pools jersey today. How many Albert Pools jerseys are going to be taking taken out of storage here over the course of the next 10 days. I bet there are some people angry they burned theirs back in 2011. <laughs> I would think so. Uh, we're going to have time for all of your mic drops. Let's get things started with the Rhino Shield mic drop this morning. Our first one comes from Darren, who's with us on 101 ESPN. When it comes to baseball, I'm not a sentimental guy. I want guys that are going to help us win a world championship. The DH is also a great place to rest a guy, get them off their feet, get them their at-bats, but take them off the field for a day. Unless you've got a whopping massive guy to put in the DH, it's a great place to rotate guys around. But I throw all that aside. I'm going to be a little more sentimental. Albert, to wrap up his career in St. Louis, makes total sense. Let's see if he can help us against left-handed pitching. Let's see if he can help us win the division and hopefully have success in the playoffs. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll, Albert. The machine is back. <laughs> See, even non-sentimental people can become sentimental when things like this happen in sports. And it's it's all of them back together. It's Yadier Molina knowing that this is his final season. Adam Wainwright hasn't de- definitively determined it yet, but you know that the end of the road is near. To have those three be back together and have one last dance, one last ride, one last, last push for them to end this thing victorious, it's, it's the best storyline we could have ever asked for, Randy. Let's get to a couple of more mic drops here, but before that, some more texts uh, from the 573. They aren't winning anything. Come on. Well, I, I honestly didn't think even at the beginning of the playoffs last year that the Atlanta Braves were going to win. I would say that March 28th is a little bit early to determine whether or not they're going to win anything. But Michelle, like I said at the open of the show, I don't think the Cardinals are appreciably better than they were 12 hours ago. I thought that they were the seventh or eighth best team mm-hmm. then. I still think so, but I'm a lot more excited about the team. I think there's a lot of people who are buying tickets this morning mm-hmm. that maybe wouldn't have bought tickets yesterday. But this is a team that can be v- very good. There's a lot of question marks that are around them. But, Randy, we talked about this a lot. How often does the best team in baseball win the World Series? It's a lot of factors that have to come together. You have to get lucky. The health aspect has to be there. You have to get hot at the right time. And I'm not saying that Cardinals fans should rely on those things, but wouldn't you rather have it be somebody that you have an emotional connection to that the Cardinals are bringing in to potentially help this team win than somebody you've never really heard of? Are you? I mean, are you more excited that Albert Pujols is coming home or Corey Dickerson got signed? Right. Come on, exactly. let's, let's be honest. Well, and again, if we're going to look at today, March 28th, and the Cardinals are going to spend $2.5 million dollars. Who would you rather have to have them spend two and a half million dollars on? He's coming home for two and a half million dollars. I don't believe that there is a pitcher or a hitter out there 
that I would think will impact the Cardinals on and mostly off the field more than Albert Pujols. I think what you just said it hits a nail on the head for me is I'm I'm thinking about the ripple effect of, of this. I'm thinking about the the residue that Albert is going to bring to this team. I think about a guy like Juan Yepes and what that mm-hmm. is going to do for his development to have Albert Pujols be his mentor or to guide him through certain situations. And I know that a guy like Oliver Marmol and of course Skip Schumacher are going to let him do that. They're going to value his voice. We talked to Ned Coletti about the mentorship that and the knowledge that Albert brought to the Dodgers. How many times has Mike Trout talked about how influential Albert Pujols was to his development and turning him into a great baseball player? I just think that the the money aside, there are certain things that you just can't put a price on that Albert Pujols is going to be able to bring to your organization. And you do, and I know it sounds strange to say this because normally baseball players like our first uh, person with the mic drop, Darren, they are very sentimental. But a guy like Nolan Arenado has an, another opt-out after this year. And the Cardinals go out and they get his favorite player. And now, remember when we talked to McGuire about how Arenado hadn't seen real Cardinal Nation? Can you imagine oh. what he's going to see on opening day, Arenado? And he's already had his opening day moment. Right, but it, that was with... What, 30,000 people? Oh, yeah. No, but I'm saying he already saw what happened for him with Mm 30,000 people. He had babies named after him. Wait till he sees what Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina are going to get in their final season here in St. Louis. I I think Mark had said he he hasn't gotten the full treatment yet. No, he hasn't gotten the full (laughs) treatment yet. But I can't can't even imagine, Randy, what it's going to be like in that moment. I I couldn't sleep last night. I kept thinking about it. And it's going to be one of those things that we remember forever. Yeah. It will. Watching him get off that truck and Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, all all three of them, watching them get that moment around a packed Bush Stadium coming out of this pandemic, having the fans all there. I mean, I I can't even articulate it because I'm getting goosebumps all over my body because this is what Cardinal Baseball means to us. And after you have the Clydesdales and after you have them get off the truck, the Pirates are probably going to start Jose Quintana on, on opening day, a left-hander. And so my guess would be that Pujols will be in the lineup as your DH, number six hitter, number seven hitter. And the first time he steps to the plate will be unbelievable. It's It'll be epic. How long do we think the ovation will be? I mean... We need, we yeah. need a prop bet on FanDuel Sportsbook promo code we Smalls do. because this is going to be one of the all-time ovation. Cardinal Nation is going to be training for this. I mean, people are going to be <laughs> clapping in their Standing houses. Clapping, yeah, right. like getting, getting in the rhythm of it because it's going to be a while. Yeah, let's get uh, another mic drop. This is John D. joining us on 101 ESPN. You want to know how I feel on this morning, on this beautiful Monday morning when Albert Pujols has become a Cardinal again? It feels electric! <laughs> I have been up since 11 p.m. I, I feel like I have drank 47 Red Bulls. It feels electric. The hero, the legend, the king is back. That's what it's all about right there. The Mang, he's home. Yep, he is. It's Michelle, it's Randy, and we're going to be talking, Albert. This is kind of a blowout uh, show today. This is a, a big event in St. Louis. So it'll be mic drops. It'll be texts throughout the course of the morning here on 101 ESPN. Danny Mack will join us later in the show. Chris Kerber yeah, at 8.15. Friends. Friends who I haven't Oh, friends we haven't seen in a long yeah. time. 
No, 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 no problem. Uh, Jerry Palm of CBS will join us also at 9.15 to talk about the Final Four. But for most of this morning, it's us talking about the return of Albert Pujols, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's not. Can I give you one text on the way out? Sure. Because I think from the 314, they really are are <laughs> describing how I feel. The 314 says, the band is back together. It's like going to see the Rolling Stones. They might not be the best version of themselves, but they're still the Stones. That's <laughs> very well put. Very well put. All right. More texts, more more mic drops. And also coming up, we're going to hear some of the comments that Ned Coletti made that made Michelle and I change our mind about whether or not the Cardinals should make the move that they're making today. Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals. And we're talking about it on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. one player get better, one player calm that player's mind down, it's worth it. That's former Dodgers general manager Ned Coletti, who is now an Emmy-winning member of the Dodgers pre- and post-game shows. He joined us a couple of weeks ago here on 101 ESPN to talk about the value of Albert Pujols and specifically the value that Albert brought to the Dodgers last year that he could bring to the Cardinals in 2022. You know, he was a great addition for the Dodgers. Uh, his his place in the game, uh, his place in life, and he had great leadership to him. I think you look at the reaction of players, and a lot of those players uh, played for the club last year were, were guys that I, I knew from drafting them or trading for them or signing them as free agents. And knowing them and seeing their reaction to him throughout the entire season, uh, you know that it was working. And when a veteran team like the Dodgers, I mean, th- this isn't a bunch of rookies like Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes and Lars Nootbaar. This is a veteran team that he's having an effect on. People like Justin Turner and Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. When he's having an effect on veterans like that, think of what he could do for young players. Oh, absolutely. But I really hope that he gets the runway to do that here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's not going to be Oliver Marmol or Skip Schumacher that gets in his way. They obviously respect Albert's expertise. But we've seen with the Cardinals, they clearly have one linear philosophy. And this season, more than ever, they're doubling down on that. Mike, Mike Schultz getting mm-hmm. relieved of his duties because of philosophical differences. They clearly are leaning into analytics in a way that they haven't before. And I just hope that there's able to be some sort of a balance between that because Albert Pujols is one of the the greatest to ever do this. And if he sees something in a hitter that maybe goes against the numbers, I just hope that his voice is amplified and that he's Mm -hmm. given that that runway to talk to players. I'm sure he will, but it's just a, a concern that I have. And speaking of balance, we want to give both sides here, and we do get a text, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line, open all morning. They don't want to win at all. Their ticket sales are hurting. This is nothing but a marketing ploy. Don't you two know what's going on here? Well, this is a business move. It's a business move in a lot of different ways. And I also think that with the options that were out there, did you really see anyone else out there? 
and the free agent market that you would rather the Cardinals go out and get than Albert Pujols, or that you truly think this is the move that they should have made for $2.5 million, a one-year deal, that would be better than Albert Pujols? That's the key. That person wanted them to go out and sign Nick Castellanos. Well, that's already... The toothpaste is out of the tube on that one. Mm -hmm. Right now, in this moment, is there a better move out there than Albert Pujols on this deal? Financially, from a baseball perspective, from a business perspective, what's this person from? The 314? 314, yeah. If you have a better move out there, I would love to hear it. All right. A couple of more texts. What's the bigger hit from the weekend? Albert coming back or Will Smith smacking Chris Rock? You know what, Randy? I thought we were going to open the show with Will Smith and Chris Rock. That took over. Was it real? Did it turn out that it was real? It was very real. Okay. I stayed up and watched his speech, and he was um, acknowledging it. He was crying. It. He felt that. Chris Rock disrespected his wife, and he was talking about how Richard Williams, Serena and Venus's dad, protected their family, and he's protecting his family. But I got to say, I thought it was fake because Chris Rock took that hit. He didn't even really have his hands out of his pocket. So I thought, oh, this is a stage thing. The, uh-huh. way, the way that he took that hit, I go, it seems a little sus. You would think that if someone smacks you like that, that you would at least put your hands up on your face or or move your body. But no, Chris Rock knows how to take a, a hit. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, he does. I was yeah. impressed. A uh, couple more texts and then a couple more mic drops. Reminds me of Lion in Hamilton. We're going to teach him how to say goodbye. Couldn't have orchestrated it better myself. It is going to be one heck of a farewell tour, that's for sure. Uh, from the 314, love Albert, can, but can his intro song be Can't Buy Me Love? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there are some people that are still upset about that, the way that it went down in the, initially when he mm-hmm. left and said it wasn't about money, but then we find out it is definitely about money. And I'm you know, sure it had more to do with ego and uh, feeling valued or, or maybe just wanting to try something different. There's a lot of factors at play there. But just like Randy a month ago, I was rage blackout angry with baseball because of the yep. lockout. I have forgiven. Forgotten. I have forgiven yeah. and forgotten. That's what happens in life, people. There's evolution. You can change your mind. You can change your feelings. That's okay. Yeah, We're absolutely. human beings. We're supposed to evolve. It's okay that back in 2012, you were angry at Albert, and today on March 28th, 2022, you're thrilled to have right. him back. That's okay. Both things can exist. Yeah, no doubt about it. I want to get one one other uh, bitter one in there from the 314. Will you guys stop the nonsense. Wake up. This Cardinal team is not better with these two. And I'm guessing he's thinking Albert and Pujols. But the very first thing I said was, when I went to bed last night, I thought the Cardinals were the 7th or 8th best team in the National League. And when I woke up, found this out, I still think they're the 7th or 8th best team in the National League, but I'm still I'm, I'm a lot more excited about them. Yeah, your intrigue factor, your excitement factor, those have gone up. I don't yeah. know if we're necessarily looking at this as a, a world-beater move that's going to make the Cardinals that much more of a World Series contender, but we're excited. Right. Let's get a mic drop from John, who joins us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Matthew. A season unlike any we have ever seen in St. Louis baseball history is about to unfold for us underneath the arch at Bush Memorial Stadium. It will be a time where we scream and cheer so loudly that we can't hear ourselves. And it'll be a time where tears stream down our face as we are watching iconic members of the Cardinal history end their careers. Hopefully by late October, as the curtain comes down on the careers of Mr. Molina, 
Mr. Wainwright, and Mr. Pujols, another banner will be going up. What a great day this Monday is. History. That's the word we keep coming back to. The Cardinals value history so much. We value Cardinal history mm-hmm. so much. It's one of the things we take great pride in is going to Bush Stadium and looking at all the retired numbers on the wall and talking about the rich history that this franchise has. And isn't all we want a chance to see that history and to watch it play out in real right. time. And Albert Pujols is certainly not the player that he once was, but we have a chance to watch history. We have a chance at one of the great reunion stories in all of sports. We have a chance to watch him potentially win with his two buddies, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. We have a chance to watch 700. Isn't that all we ask for is a chance to see history? Yeah, it's it's hope, it's anticipation, it's dreams, absolutely. And that's that's the reason that I really like sports, that and the competitive nature of it. Some people are all about just the last game and winning Game 7 of the World Series or Game 4. I guess they'd be upset if they didn't win it in 4. <laughs> I am just different, obviously. And that's what makes the world go round, is that people are different. Michelle, this is a great text that I hadn't even thought of. We will have the MV3 all on the field for the home opener. Albert and then Cardinal Hall of Famers Jimmy Baseball and Scott Rowland. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that either. So that'll be a lot of fun, won't it? So many of our guys, they're yep. back. My friend Scott Adamek used to be a teammate here at 101 ESPN. Texts in, says, baseball needed a McGuire-Sosa-like event. At least in St. Louis, we got it. That is a great point. And I just said this, the exact same thing. I was so mad at baseball yeah. a month ago. And we kept saying there's there's nothing that is going to turn the tides here. There's nothing that's going to defrost these glaciers that baseball has, has erected in my heart. I'm so mad at them. And here we are today. And I'm beaming because I'm so excited that we get the chance to see this go down. It's going to be a magical season in St. Louis. And you know what, Randy? There's going to be tough times. I don't want to pretend that this is going to be sunshine and rainbows. And every time Albert steps into to the box, we're going to see something magical because the reality is we're not it's there's going to be moments where he disappoints us because that's how baseball go but the fact that we get to see him back with the cardinals and that we have the chance every time he steps in the box to see something magical happen that's more than enough for me sunshine lollipops and rainbows everything that's wonderful is what i feel when we're together the 618 brings up a great point what about devil magic Okay, Albert is not a typical Devil Magic guy, but wouldn't that be so Cardinals for Albert Pujols to come back and all of a sudden have this massive offensive resurgence? We had Devil Magic with Cesar Cedeno down the stretch in 1985, Will Clark in 2000. Uh, We've had pitchers come here, and Chuck Finley provided great Devil Magic for the Cardinals at the end of his career. It can happen with veteran players, too. People are in another city where their team isn't in the playoffs, and a Cardinal is either on the mound or at the plate, and they say, Wait, I thought that guy was done. Yeah. Can't you just see people being like, I thought he retired, and then there he is in Game Mm -hmm. 3 of the World Series (laughs) hitting a ninth-inning walk-off homer to win the game. Lance Berkman. Yes. Lance Berkman was Cardinal Devil Magic. But think about every other fan base in baseball. They would be like, of course this happens to the Cardinals. Of course (laughs) Albert Pujols comes back, and of course he has a resurgence. It's Devil Magic. Great point, 618. I did not think about the Devil Magic factor. All right, we're going to get to more of your texts. We're going to do a few take-it-or-leave-its. We've got a lot more coming your way, though. This is pretty much wall-to-wall Albert today on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it 
or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. All right, time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Take it or leave it, Michelle. On April 7th, as you walk around Bush Stadium and count, you will count more number five jerseys than number four jerseys. Oh, that's a really good one, Randy. I'm, oh, man. I'm going to leave it. I am too. I'm going to leave it because... People this, don't have to buy new number four jerseys. That's right. And everybody probably already bought their number four jerseys for this season or maybe a number 50 jersey for mm-hmm. this season. Those people may have a number five jersey in their closet, but they might have outgrown it. Right. And so I think that we'll see the most number fours. Last year at the home opener, I thought Nolan Arenado would get the biggest ovation and Yadi mm-hmm. Merlina got, got it by it. a yep. mile. So yeah. um, it would not surprise me if we saw more number fours than fives. Yeah. Uh, also, one other quick take it or leave it. Our 101 ESPN staff party happens to be opening day. Take it or leave it. Our, our uh, leadership got lucky. I'll take it. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Well, actually, it was going to be a great yeah. day anyway. Yeah, you was. know what I mean? Yeah. But by now, add number five to the equation. Oh, for sure. Take it or leave it, Randy. Albert Pujols gets the longest ovation of anyone at Bush Stadium at the home opener. I will take that. I will. Uh, when he steps to the plate for the first time, it'll be similar to when he came back to town with the Angels. And we knew that Yachty and Wayno were going to be tied for first when it came to that. Mm-hmm. But I just think the homecoming factor of all of this and the excitement. I mean, we're 10 days away. The fact that it's happening so close to the home opener, I just think that the ovation for Albert is going to be off the charts. We're going to have to think long and hard. I'm guessing that if there have been any, there haven't been many sports teams who had three iconic players ending their careers at the same time in the same year. Well, Albert and Wayno, to be fair, have not said that this is the end of the road. No, this is true. Yeah. But we all know that it's coming at some point. I mean, Adam Wainwright put out the video of his family determining whether he was going to come back mm-hmm. or not. So we know it's on his mind. Uh, with Albert, we knew that he, we were wondering where he, his landing spot would be. So mm-hmm. we know that the end is, is near. But yeah, I would, I would imagine that at least two out of the three, this might be the end. All right, uh, text 65780 for Take It or Leave It. Matthew Rocchio's working hard. We've got him all at Twitter this morning. Not on Twitter, but a Twitter. Uh, We've gotten him running him around. We're running you ragged, aren't we? This is is an odd take here on Teoli. I I, I haven't been able to peruse these one. This one right off the top, Theater 1-4. Take It or Leave It after making the farewell rounds. Albert retires at the All-Star break. Debbie Downer on the text line today. Oh, leave leave that. that. Come on. You, this is one of the most competitive people we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You think that he's going to walk away before a chance to potentially win a World Series championship and before 700? Come on. And he told the fast lane, I think it was last year. Maybe No, I guess it was two years ago. He said every team in Major League Baseball is going to have to tell him he can't play anymore. I wonder how excited people inside the Cardinals organization are about this. Like if, if you endured the mm-hmm. lockout and people were angry and they didn't want to buy tickets, you wake up this morning. Are you not high-fiving your spouse over the breakfast oh, table? Oh, big time. 
Big time. I mean, think about the energy that this is bringing inside the building for a lot of people. Yeah, That's I know how I feel, and I'm not trying to sell tickets. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Take it or leave it. Pujols has a resurgence and does get to 700. I'm going to take it. 21 away. 21 away. I'm taking it. I want to take it so badly, Randy, so I'm taking it. I think it's going to depend on where the Cardinals are in the standings in September. I think they'll try to get him to 700 in September because I think it's going to be hard if the Cardinals are in the hunt and he's only hitting against left-handers to get to get enough at-bats to get to 21 for the season. But if he's got something like 14 or 15 heading into September, I could see them playing him every day to try to get there. We need them to come out to a hot start so that mm-hmm. you don't have to really think about when when to use him that much. I don't want to have the debates down the stretch of, well, is he really the best? Like, what if he's so close and you're thinking about, are we going to have him in this position to potentially get a home run to get closer to 700? Or is this going to be a win or lose moment for us in the game? Which is going to be a conversation point at yeah. almost any time. But I would like for them to have enough of a cushion and standings and in the division to where these decisions are easier for Ali Marmol today. Exactly. Last year, they couldn't use Matt Carpenter in the last two months. Even though that they knew that Matt Carpenter wasn't going to be back, they couldn't use him. Even, even to give him a going away because the playoff position was so tenuous. Take it or leave it. They should have gotten starting pitching instead of this reunion. I'm truly worried about the starting pitching rotation. Well, I I would still like them to go out and sign another pitcher, but they're one of the things that's happened in baseball. The two and a half million dollar player is a rare bird. You've got your ten million dollar guys, your twelve million dollar guys. You've got your minimum salary guys. The Cardinals planned on essentially having a rookie bench going into this season, and now they added Dickerson as one DH and Pujols as the other. But at the beginning of training camp, it was ki- it was a bunch of kids. True. And when it comes to starting pitching, as much as we would like to see them add some depth because there's a lot of questions, I think the Cardinals are probably waiting to see how things shake out with Jack Flaherty first, right? right? So they weren't going to go out and make this move right now. It would happen during the season anyway. And the, the you hate to say it, but the really good p- starting pitching that you could count on, that's been picked over now. That On March 28th, you aren't going to go out and get a guy and say, okay, that'll, that guy's going to give us 170 innings. That guy just doesn't exist on the free agent market where you can count on that right now. Those guys are long gone. Take it or leave it. The happiest people in the Car- Cardinals organization today are the ticket salespeople. Oh, yeah. take it. Yeah, I'll, I would think that they'll be quite busy. Actually, I'm going to leave that. I think Mr. DeWitt's probably the happiest because he knows that he's going to make a lot of money off this move. Yes, he is. But ticket sales, tied for first. Yeah, they'll go $3 million. And this is the one I was waiting for. Take it or leave it. Will Smith will get an offer to be a right-handed designated hitter. <laughs> I will take that. Yeah. I still can't believe that. Like, what grown man hits another grown man like that? He was mad. He on, was protecting when the, when his the wife. other grown man talks about his wife's medical condition. Yeah, but he. It was a joke. I mean, listen. Chris Rock made a joke that was distasteful and I don't even know if he realized in the moment that Jada had alopecia and what he was doing but for Will Smith I just don't think violence is the answer I just no, don't think you, you get up and smack someone yeah, ever uh, there's Sometimes. a better there's a better way to handle that but I, I just could then not. on national TV <laughs> but you know what Talk, talking about a business move everybody was watching the Oscars you better believe that I was really tired last night but I stayed up to see if he won best actor because I wanted to see his speech you know he was 
He played Muhammad Ali. He did, in fact. And he couldn't even knock Chris Rock down. Couldn't even get Chris Rock to get his hands out of his pockets, Randy. Right. Yeah, I walked away having more respect for Chris Rock out of that all was this. Impressive. Not only did he take the the hit, but the way he handled it, I don't know how I would have reacted if someone came up and hit me on a national television during the Oscars. At least he didn't take his microphone and say, hey, I'm going to let you talk, but... <laughs> Definitely you know, top that moment. What a moment. Chris Rock called it, didn't he call it the greatest moment in the history of television? Yeah, he's like, this is the greatest night in television history right here. <laughs> Uh, take it or leave it. Albert goes big fly on opening day. I'm going to take it. Yeah, I'll that's just part it. of the deal. That That's a given, right? Take it to the bank. Yeah, that it's just something that... It, it's like when Edmonds would get hurt during spring training and everybody would be really worried and he's just so gifted and he'd show up on opening day and the adrenaline would be flowing and boom. Or like McGuire on that first game in 1998 when he comes up against Ramon Martinez with the bases loaded. And... Throughout the offseason, everybody's talking about how McGuire's going to hit 62. What a perfect day that was, too. And boom, big fly off of Romo Martinez, Grand Slam, first home run of 70. If Albert hits a home run at the home opener... It'll be bananas. Pe- people's brains will explode. Yeah. It'll be it'll be bigger than Arenado's last year, simply because the crowd will be bigger. And of the nostalgia factor mm-hmm. and of, of the, the excitement factor... And the anticipation factor. We were all excited for Nolan Arenado, but no one expected him to hit a home run. Whereas everyone's expecting Albert to hit a home run. Right. And I could just see people, strangers, grabbing each other, being like, he did it! Yeah. He really did it! <laughs> Incredible. Oh. Uh, thanks very much for your text. We do appreciate it. Coming up, we are going to get more of your mic drops. We're going to get more of your response on the text line to the return to St. Louis and to the Cardinals of one Albert Pujols. He's back, and we're back after this on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by the Schnooks Rewards app. Check out Good For You, a free wellness program available in the app today. Pujols rips it out to deep left field. It is gone! Line drive, home run! Three-run shot for Pujols! One in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, great to have you with us. Derek Gould reporting last night and this morning at stltoday.com that Albert Pujols is coming back to the Cardinals for a one-year contract, $2.5 million, and the fond memories will be stirred up. And Michelle, one of the things that will be interesting about Albert, in the next few years, is there, there was some consternation, concern about him having a statue built out in front of the stadium. I don't think there's any doubt now that there will be an Albert Pujol statue. And all those things that people were concerned about, because of his personal services contract with the Angels, I think those are all out the window now. I agree. Um, I think that a statue probably would have been inevitable anyway, but now it's a definite certainty. Do you think all three of them get a statue, Randy? Because we know Molina will get one. We know Albert will get one. Do you think Adam Wainwright gets one, too? I think he deserves one as a Cardinal Hall of Famer. And I, I don't know if the right thing to do would be to have Yachty and Wayno, uh, Yachty and Wayno's arms after winning a, an NLCS or a World Series, if that would be appropriate or if you want to have separate ones. Now, 
Yachty's going into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. Albert's going into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I wonder if the Cardinals do wait. Because I don't think Adam, unless he just has an unbelievable year, I don't think that he would make it. I think because of space considerations, you probably don't do it unless a guy makes the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. I was smiling when we were listening to that return because it reminded me of Danny Mack, who we're going to talk to at 845, Mm -hmm. who's called all of Albert's biggest moments. And the fact that we're going to hear Danny Mack being able to call Albert's return and all the moments that are to come Mm -hmm. is pretty special. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Your texts are welcome, 65780. Also, the Rhino Shield mic drop machine has been busy today. Matthew Rocchio working on that. And let's get to another mic drop. And John F. joins us here on 101 ESPN. We already did, John. So let's go to Janet. Janet's one of our all-time greats. Well, Mo may have been paying attention during... uh spring training and saw that our potential people are not up to their potential yet and so he did something good for a change and he realized that he was wrong about all those uh, prospects they weren't really ready yet so now he did something really good and signed Albert and brought him home to give the fans actually something to cheer for this year Yachty, Wayno, and Albert back together again. Oh, I'm really excited. Janet, glad you're excited. And Michelle, we know well, not as well as Brad Thompson knows it, but the Memphis shuttle <laughs> and the fact that the Cardinals have a tendency to put players down in Memphis and bring others up. And I think the players, the young players like Gorman and Newt Barr and Yepes will have the best opportunity to succeed by spending some time around Albert Pujols. Why not have a little bit of a shuttle? If Pujols and Dickerson are getting the lion's share of the work at DH, why not if you're going to have to have one of those guys up? Because right now, you're going to have probably 14 position players adding Albert. So you'll have your starting eight, and then your DHs. That'll take you up to 10. So you'll have uh, Kisner. You'll have Sosa you'll have probably an extra outfielder whether or, or infielder. So you could say that's Newt Barr, Yepes, Gorman, and let those guys shuttle between St. Louis and Memphis, get some time mm-hmm. up here with the big league club, the big league coaching staff, Jeff Albert plus Albert Pools, and get them the opportunity to get experience at this level. If I was one of those young guys, I would be on Albert Pujols like glue. Mm-hmm. I would I would tell him, hey, I'm probably going to be annoying, but I want to see everything that you do. I want to pick your brain. I want to absorb all the knowledge from you that I can because you're the hey greatest. Guys. You're the greatest to ever do this. And I want to at least get a, right. an ounce of what you know and what you're capable of and see if I can apply it to my game too. And Adam Wainwright did that with Chris Carpenter when he was a rookie. He just glommed on yeah. to Carp and learned a lot from him. And sometimes, Michelle, it doesn't work because Albert in his house, and I believe he still owns his house here in St. Louis, had a batting cage in the basement. And every day during the winter, he would bring Mike Matheny, and Mike could come and just work his tail off and then come out and hit 220 for the season. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the effort was there. Right. And hey, if you have, you never know what your ability can deliver. So if you can enhance your ability by glomming onto a guy like Albert Pools, why not do it, right? You know 
that there is going to be a moment where one of these young guys, whether it's a Tyler O'Neill or Juan Yapez, whomever it may be, is going to have a big moment and they're going to say, well, I was speaking with Albert and he told me if I adjusted this way or he told me that he saw this in my stance or with the pitcher. You know that there's going to be at least one moment this season where one person says, Albert saw something and he helped me and that's why I had success. This from the 314. Well, I like the move. It says more about the Cardinals are worried about recouping their lost money from 20 and 21 than winning a World Series. Pujol sells tickets, but there were plenty of free agents this offseason that would have made them a, a better team than Albert. I would ask who that $2.5 million free agent is, and I would also say, then, what the hell were the Dodgers thinking last year when they signed Albert Pujols? Because he's not a different player now than he was eight or nine months ago, and the Dodgers fully expected to win the World Series. Are they idiots? So he might be a different player, and by that I mean... We have seen a photo, and I'm very interested to see him reporting to camp. Mm-hmm. He looks trim, Randy. He looks physically like he may be in a in a different or and or better position. And I don't know if that's going to translate to the production, but I'm very interested to see what he looks like from a physical standpoint when he arrives to camp today and how that might benefit him. Uh, call from the 314. Does Randy realize that Gorman is not even on the 40 man? So if you sign Albert, where are you going to put all these guys? I'm not so sure that the Cardinals, I'm not completely sold on Scott Hurst. I, I don't believe that he's really a prospect. I, I don't know about TJ Zoic. He's on the 40-man roster. You have a lot more faith in those guys, I guess, than I do. I think the Cardinals can find a way to move some players off the 40-man roster that wouldn't affect me greatly. Jose Quezada, I mean... If you think he's going to be great, more power to you. But I'm I'm just not of the belief that the Cardinals have a bunch of guys on their 40 men that are going to wind up in All-Star games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm not that worried about it. Let's get uh, Mike Drop from Cottleville Chris now on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, Cottleville Chris. I guess I'm going to have to get over the fact that Albert left for virtually the same amount of money and he could have stayed. Maybe I'm one of the better bitter people you know after a world series win and that that was really disappointing and he didn't have to leave so i guess i'll get over it i understand cottleville chris a lot of people felt that way at the time because for us when we looked at the situation it seemed like a no-brainer you were going to get a lot of money here you had just won here and more importantly you had the chance to be the stand usual of this generation you had a chance to capture something and be in a place in history that that we never thought would would happen. You never thought anybody could even sniff the same air as Dan the man here in St. Louis. And so for us, we saw it as so much more than that. And that caused a lot of hurt feelings when he not only decided to leave, but inevitably we find out for comparable money or a little bit more money per year. What was it, $3 million a year? Mm -hmm. $3 million a year. $3 million a year. But I think that maybe Albert recognizes that that might not have been the best play. And everything happens for a reason. And maybe he knew that he was never going to be able to be the Albert Pujols in the second half of his career that he was in the first half. He wanted to go somewhere with a DH. There's all of these factors at play. But I think we can all rationally agree that anytime Albert has spoken about St. Louis, anytime he's returned back to St. Louis, 
he has spoken about how much he loves this place. Yeah. And there clearly has to be some part of him that regrets not being here or that has ached to return because here he is. So even though those feelings might still exist back from 2011, 2012 when he left, think about the fact that he acknowledges that this is the only place he wants to be. So that might help you get over it. And there is a thing. Some people don't believe in it. I do. Called manifest destiny. That we are meant to be at a certain place at a certain time. Destiny. And you don't really have any control over it. I can tell you this. If Albert Pujols had stayed in 2011 and signed the $210 million contract here, we would not have Pujols, Wainwright, and Molina in 2022 together to have a last dance. You might not have Arenado or Goldie either. No. There's no, well, you certainly wouldn't have Goldie because Albert would have been playing first base. Exactly. And you wouldn't have either Wainwright or Molina because you couldn't have afforded to keep them. So he had to leave in order for this moment to be able to happen. Exactly. Wow, Randy, the stars aligning. That's, that's manifest destiny right there. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. We're going to talk more about Albert throughout the course of the show. Danny Mac coming up at 8:45 after the fight. Do we have a fighter already, or do we need a fighter? We, if you want we to fight, a if you want to fight, we do. I believe so. Yes. Okay. So either way, just text in six five seven eight zero. Maybe you'll, you can fight tomorrow. But Chris <laughs> Kerber is going to join us to talk about blues hockey next on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Sliman Brothers, with five St. Louis area locations to serve you. To the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and a great fan of St. Louis sports, not just the team that he is the voice of, the St. Louis Blues. Chris Kerber joins us now, and I have to believe that Kerbs is excited about the Cardinals bringing Albert Pujols back. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Randy, I'm doing great. Yeah, I think it's great news. It'll be fun for the fan base. It'll be fun to watch. And hopefully, frankly, it just rejuvenates him and he goes on some tears. And and I got to think that Kind of that, that that combination could be pretty doggone good for the for the Cardinals. Absolutely, Curves. Well, speaking of rejuvenation, what do the Blues need to do to find some? What's going on with them right now? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> okay, next question. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just. I, you know what? I think. Uh, I, I think. I think it, several things have happened here. I think one, uh, the fact that they really didn't, you know, play all that great against some of the lower level teams in the league. Uh, during that long stretch, I think some bad habits kicked in. I think the fact that you played that many games, you could fall behind, for example, and then you could come back and win the game in the third period. Well, you can't do that against some of the better teams. And and I think that those are the habits and those are the kind of the thought process. And you've heard from Braden Shin and Justin Falk and David Perron. Those are the thought processes that have to get out of their game. And they've got to come out, for example, tonight, and they've got to take control of a game early. Uh, the last two games, look, I know a lot of mistakes have to happen before you look at the goalie, but the last two games, the goaltending has not been good, you know, and, and they gave up early goals that shouldn't have gone in. And, and I think that that, that kind of helped, you know, deflate this team a little bit. And that's, that's how fragile sometimes things can be in the national hockey league. And I think right now their psyche has gone a little bit uh, fragile on them and, and they've got to, they've kind of got to come out and take over a game or two and start to build off of that. Curve, speaking of taking over games, for the last three seasons, when things have not gone particularly well, 
I've expected Ryan O'Reilly, fairly or unfairly, to be the guy that I expect to, the, expected to, to pull them out of the malaise that they were in. And he had a really rough go the other night and has not had a great season. Do you look at it that way? Do you ex- still kind of, when you start a game, do you expect him to be the guy that takes over on both sides of the ice to get the Blues going? Yeah, and you know what, Randy? Like, I look at a few things, and he's done that at times. Sometimes when this team's needed a spark, he, he's the guy that's been there. The, the one thing you don't have to worry about is his work ethic, his effort, his drive. Everything is there with him. He, he is absolutely maybe one of the least of my worries when it comes to this to this hockey team. Just even the other day, for example, you know, the team prior to Saturday night's game, the team had a full practice on Friday. They had an optional skate on Saturday morning. He's the second guy on the ice, you know, came on right after Logan Brown. Okay. The younger guys, Logan Brown, uh, Robert Thomas, Alexi Toropchenko, they all came onto the ice for an optional skate as well. The, the guy puts in the work. I asked Craig Berube about him, and, and Craig said it's the one thing that, that, that you can count on. He, he knows the work that it's got to go in. The young guys see that, you know, and, and hopefully they follow it. And I don't think all of them have, to be honest with you. And, and I think more do. And, you know, the, the reality of it is, is not just not just from the captain on down, everybody has to go, and I thought Braden Shen said it best after the last game, everyone individually has got to kind of look in the mirror here a little bit and realize, hey, we, we need to pick some things up, and, and there's got to be a commitment to now. And if you don't get it from everybody, it can stall you during games. It's, it's one of the great things about the game of hockey. When you think about it, one guy, it's just impossible for one guy to just completely take over. It's a momentum sport. It's a team sport, and you've got to have everybody going in the right direction. And the Blues right now are not. Curbs, the guy who has provided a spark for this team at points this season is Jordan Cairo. But through recent weeks, we haven't seen that version of him. Where's the disconnect? Do you think that this is just growing pains? Or what have you seen from Cairo that you can pinpoint to say, we need to see more of X moving forward? Well, he's one of the guys, I think, without a doubt, that has to find another level of intensity. Uh, I, I think there's more work to be put in. You know, I, I think there's there's more to be done there. I, I think there's I think he can be better prepared, you know, for games. And the challenge that Jordan Cairo has is really now when you're leading the team in scoring, you're the guy. You're one of the guys who's getting his number circled on the board by the other team. They're keying in on you, which means you're going to have to work even harder to get through it. And and that's that's the learning curve of a young player in the National Hockey League. It's a kind of a learning curve, I think, of a young player, you know, in all of sports. Now he's played enough. There's a book on him. They're able to key in on him, and they are going to try to knock him out of a game in, in terms of that and just keep him out of being impactful. And he's going to have to find work harder to find a way to do it. Though, though that's a great example of each guy individually finding its next level to me. And he's such an important part of this team that uh, he's, a, he's a, I think, a real key to the St. Louis Blues turning a corner here and getting back on track. And Curbs, the Blues only four points ahead of Dallas for that final wild card spot, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that things could spiral. They kind of already have spiraled out of control for the Blues here, but they need to turn things around in a hurry. We talk about it being a process. They need an event to turn things around. Yeah, they, they really do, Randy. And, you know, you're, you still have just under a quarter of the season to go, but it, it doesn't feel like it's that much, does it? No. And twice this season now, the Blues, after going on some good runs like they did at the beginning of the year and then kind of through the month of February, have given back all the equity that they built. And so right now it's not just about matter of battling for 
say, home ice advantage in the second spot or one of the top three guaranteed spots. Right now you're battling for your playoff lives. And so as Craig Berube has said many times, it doesn't take much more motivation than that. All you have to do is look at what's going on around you and realize what you need to do. And and I think I think they'll come out with a pretty good response. There, there were some listen, that there were some good aspects to that last game. That there were there were some good moments and, and I think that there's an opportunity to build off them. I, I still I still believe in what Ken Hitchcock said, where sometimes you're, you're going to, before you turn things around, you're going to end up losing a game you felt you should have won. And uh, let's hope that that doesn't have to happen for the St. Louis Blues. But I saw, I saw some things that I liked in that last game that I think if, if the Blues continue down that path, they'll be all right. Curves, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about the goaltending and how it hasn't been up to what we expect the past few games. What do you think the Blues do from there? Would you continue to go to Huso or would you go back and lean on Jordan Bennington a little more? How, how would you approach that? It's an interesting question, Michelle, because the you're waiting for one guy. It's, it's clear that they've gone to Billy Huso, um, and in, in that stretch, but his last few games have have not been good, uh, and and they've struggled. And look, they're not going to pin it on the goalie. They're going to look and say, look at the, the the overall play in front of them. But there were two or three goals in that last game that you'd like to think that that the goaltender is going to have, and. And you could see they were just kind of shoulder slumping moments, and we've seen this before over the years, you know, with the way it can impact the, the psyche of the hockey team. I, I I think they've got a really good goaltender coach in David Alexander. I think they'll get this thing figured out. I think there's a lot of hockey coming up. We're about to play, you know, go on a Western Canadian trip, which is always a very difficult one. And you're going to have a back to back in Alberta against Edmonton and Calgary. You're going to need both of these guys. And I still believe kind of what I've said all along, that this will kind of sort itself out. It was sorting itself out one direction. Now, uh, you know, I think Billy Huso has come back down to earth a little bit. So we'll just have to see how they decide to to swing them over these next four games. Curbs, finally, we, we talked last week about the Blues making the move for Nick Letty and him helping out Colton Pareko. And for whatever reason, as well as Colton played in those playoffs in 2019 and as well as he's played at times since, there's just, to me at least, a level of inconsistency there that you can't have from your number one defenseman. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, Randy, but prior to, you know, prior to maybe these last couple games, I think he'd gone a stretch where, oh man, over the previous month he was at, what, plus 19 right. or something like yeah. that, which is one of the best in the National Hockey League. and. Uh, and, and and look, I, I know you, Craig Berube says you know take the body you know on, on that thing on that goal that was scored. I want to see the goaltender make that save. Maybe you're not as worried about it if 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 the goalie keeps that thing out from the post there, you know. To me, so you know, so it's as much as sometimes we look at the the defense saying, hey, the, the we're giving up too many grade A chances, and they are, you know. Then you still need some saves in there, and it, it really is quite a symbiotic thing. I, I do think that Colton Pareko is, is going to be just fine. I think that some some of what you're seeing, and and look, go back to a couple of those goals and rewatch them. Watch how a couple of forwards just never stop skating, trying to come back and help out mm-hmm. in today's National Hockey League. And this isn't taking Colton off the hook. This isn't saying that he couldn't be better. I mean, he, he absolutely can be, and that that will come with, with his game here. But I, I just think, all in all, you're going to see a better Colton Pareko if you see, uh, you know, a better team performance as a whole. And um, to me, there's a sign with Colton Pareko when he gets the puck and he skates it out of the zone. You know, he's on his game. If he's getting the puck like he did last game and he's standing behind the net too much, waiting for line changes and things like that, which is going to happen periodically. But if it happens too much, 
then this team's not being as aggressive as it needs to be. A home-and-home with Vancouver. We have the early pregame tonight, 5.30, 6.30 pregame, and then you guys are at Vancouver on Wednesday night. Yeah, and Vancouver's knocking on the door trying to bump Vegas out of a a playoff spot. These ought to be some pretty good games. They've played really well under Bruce Boudreaux. Curbs, you're always great. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have an awesome week, you two. Thank you. You too. See you later. That is the Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber. Coming up, we have the fight and then a lot more Albert Pujols discussion as we traverse this edition of Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Carriker and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carriker. It's time for the Monday edition of The Fight here on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Coming up next segment at 845, we're going to check with Danny Mack, Dan McLaughlin, the voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports Midwest, get his thoughts on the return of Albert Pujols to the Cardinals. But let's do the fight right now. Ryan is joining us here on 101 ESPN to take on Randy in a sports trivia competition this morning. What's up, Ryan? How you doing? I'm doing great. Great morning. Thanks for having me. Ryan, how do you feel about Albert's return? I love it. Very excited. You did. Are you going to buy tickets? I already did. Oh, I love it. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm happy you're excited, Ryan. Hopefully that excitement carries over into the fight. So good luck with. Good luck to you, okay? Thank you. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Adam Wainwright is scheduled to start his sixth opening day next month, passing Chris Carpenter for second most in franchise history. Who is first with 10 opening day starts for the Cardinals? Is it Bob Gibson, Dizzy Dean, or Bob Forsh? Gabby Number two, with his win Saturday over Arkansas, Coach K set the record for most appearances in the men's Final Four with 13. Who did he pass? Dean Smith, John Wooden, or Bobby Knight? Go Wooden. Question number three, Ryan, who holds the record for highest batting average in one World Series, a minimum of 10 plate appearances? Is it David Ortiz? Babe Ruth, or Billy Hatcher? Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to go with Big Poppy on that. (laughs) Man, bad memories. And Matthew Kachuk currently sits at 82 points across 62 games played, putting him on pace to become the highest-scoring Kachuk ever. What was Keith Kachuk's highest single-season points total? 95, 98, or 101? I'll go with the middle one, so 98. Okay. We are checking Ryan's score. Yep, confirmed. Waving in Randy. He's looking at his phone, trying to get his attention. Snapping, can't hear me. Soundproof room. Don't know when I'm going to learn that. Here he comes. I just realized that Randy is wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hoodie today. Is that in honor of Albert Pujols? It sure is. I figured it was. Uh, As you get your headset on, please say good morning to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Terrific. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Thank you. Ryan, very excited about Albert's return. Already bought tickets. Love it. Love to hear that. Good. I'm sure a a lot of people in St. Louis have already done that this morning. If you haven't, do so at cardinals.com. Yes. 
Ready, Randy? Ready. Question number one. Adam Wainwright is scheduled to start his sixth opening day next month, passing Chris Carpenter for second most in franchise history. Who is first on that list with 10 opening day starts for the Cardinals? 10 opening day starts. It would seem like Bob Gibson would be the logical choice there, so I'll go with that. With his win over on Saturday over Arkansas, Coach K set the record for most appearances in the men's Final Four with 13. Who did he pass? It almost had to be John Wooden, who had 10 championships. Randy, who holds the record for highest batting average in one World Series with a minimum of 10 plate appearances? I'm going to go with Lou Brock. And Matthew Kachuk currently sits at 82 points across 62 games played, putting him on pace to become the highest scoring Kachuk ever. What was Keith Kachuk's highest single season points total? Hmm. I'll do the lifeline here. I know he had a 50-goal season, so originally I was thinking in uh, below a point a game, but I'm going to think it was above a point a game. What do we got? 95, 98, or 101? Uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. I'm going to go with... uh, Hmm... I'm going to go with one of the lower two. So 95 or 101. I'm going to go Big Walt with 95. Monday drama. Mm. Was it Randy or was it Ryan? Matt, ring the bell. Congratulations, Ryan. You beat Randy. You beat him three to two on this Monday. All right. All right, indeed. Okay, let's run through our answers. So Bob Gibson leads the Cardinals with 10 opening day starts. He did in 65 and then 67 through 75. Bob Gibson got the ball on opening day. John Wooden. um, Oh, hold on. Let me start from the top. So Coach K set the record for most appearances in the men men's final four with 13 passing John Wooden who had 12 mm-hmm. Billy Hatcher holds the record for highest batting average in mm. one World Series um, 750 in 1990 pretty good pretty pretty good and Matthew Kachuk currently sits at 82 points across 62 games played that puts him on pace to become the highest scoring Kachuk ever Keith Kachuk's highest single season points total was 98 and that was the 95-96 season so congratulations Ryan you are our winner today which means that you're coming back to tomorrow to challenge randy again that sounds great can i give a quick shout out of course you're the champion do what you want thank you i just want to give a shout out to uh steve landon and jeff i'm sure they're listening steve landon and jeff thank you for listening and thank you ryan we'll chat with you tomorrow yep sounds great thank you shout out to you thank you very much good job and coming up danny mack on the return of albert pujols to the cardinals on 101 espn we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Uh, Albert Pujols, I love you, man. You're one of the greatest to ever play this game, and I hope you get to go out the right way and... Uh, you know, you're just, I'm just a huge fan, and I hope you hear this one day because, you know, you're my favorite player. Thank you.
That was Nolan Arenado last year on the day that Albert Pujols was DFA'd by the Angels, wound up with the Dodgers. And now Nolan Arenado's favorite player is going to be a teammate as the Cardinals are going to re-sign Albert Pujols. He'll sign a one-year, $2.5 million contract to play the 2022 season with the Cardinals today. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And the voice of the Cardinals, Danny Mack, joins us from Jupiter. Good morning, sir. I guess you're, you've got things buzzing down there. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, it <laughs> happened late last night, and, uh, you know, I'm excited. I, uh, I'm i very excited about this. Maybe it's the fan and me coming out, and that's okay. We all are fans at heart, I think. And so uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited about what opening day may look like. I'm excited to see how they use him. Um, and, and it's interesting that Arenado says, you know, that's my favorite player. And I, I tweeted this last night and i've heard this many many times there's a generation of young fans that are now you know getting into their 20s and 30s that this is their guy you know this is their stan the man they're lou brock they're they're bob gibson and uh and now he's coming home so it's pretty cool I, i really think it's pretty neat dan what do you think that albert will bring from a leadership standpoint to the cardinals this is a team that's obviously not devoid of leadership in any way but when you think about the expertise that he has and the way that he can be a mentor to young players i imagine that's something the cardinals thought about when making this move absolutely michelle um you know i I talked to some of the people with the dodgers when he was uh in la and they talk about how great he had been with some of the young players they they just said you know he's embraced this role of, of being a a role player a limited player uh, essentially basically a pinch hitter occasional dh but primarily facing left-handed pitching and the other time you know he's he's in there talking hitting with guys he's he's talking with the uh the younger players and just you know basically being a mentor so i i think you get that when you sign him and i'm sure that was part of the conversation that they had with him is, look, you're not an everyday player. It's going to be a part-time role, but we think there's a fit, clearly, between the white lines, but we want you to be a mentor to those that are young coming up. And uh, I don't know if you're going to find a better hitter, <laughs> at least in my time watching from the right side. I've never seen a better right-handed hitter. He's, he's the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. He's the best hitter, in my opinion, of his generation. And, uh you know, that's it's quite a, re- a resource to have at uh, your disposal. Dan, you know the Cardinals very well. Would you imagine that when they started talking about this and then when they reached their conclusion, that they were thinking more about what you just talked about, his ability to help younger players, or were they talking about and hoping for what he can do on the field? I'd say it's both, Randy. I mean, I don't think you sign him unless you truly felt that there's something left in the tank. Um, and... and Again, it's it's going to be limited because, in my opinion, you know the only time you're going to see him is is late in games when, and if a lefty is on the mound. And I'll say this too, and I don't know if many people have thought about it. If if the three batter minimum had been taken out of the game, I'm not sure I bring Albert in um, because if he's coming up and I'm the opposing manager. I'm bringing a right hander in, mm-hmm. but if I know I'm I'm going to get that matchup with a lefty. You know, he, he's still, as of last year, valuable in that role. Um, and then the other part of your question was about, you know, him being a mentor. And I, I think that's definitely part of the equation. I, I definitely think there's nostalgia with it. And with that comes excitement. I mean, certainly you bring him in for that. But I don't think they bring him in unless they felt that he could help the team between the white lines. 
And I hope it works out. Um, I think it will. And uh, it's going to be a a fun ride, man. It's going to make it a lot of fun. Dan, what does it mean for you personally to have Albert coming back? You've called all the big moments in his Cardinals career. I'm sure you've thought about what it's going to be like at the home opener. But what will that mean for you from a a standpoint in your career to be able to say, I've watched all of the great moments and now I'm going to get to call this next chapter of his Cardinals career? I'm excited. I, I again, I, I try not to get you know too uh, upset, happy, whatever. I try to stay very even keel. But when this happened, I'll admit it. I was excited. <laughs> I th- I think it's great. Um, I think opening day is going to be cool. I, I've been thinking about what the second half of the season may look like if you had a winning team and let's say these three guys. And I'm going to you know throw Wayne right in there and Molina and Albert are healthy and contributing, what those games are going to be like, the interest in those games, the crowds that we may have to say, you know, there's there's kids that weren't born that, you know, are 10 or 11 now, and their parents are saying, hey, I'm going to take you to the ballpark because you you got to see these guys one more time. you got to see 50. you got to see four. you got to see number five. Um, and go down to the ballpark and see them because you may never see those kind of guys ever again. That's pretty cool. And uh, to be in a town where baseball is, is uh, you know, it, it means something. Um, and to have this guy come back, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's pretty neat. Dan, one of the cool things about it, I mentioned it to Michelle earlier, and I'm sure that as, you, as you've talked with Albert over the last decade, it, the same thing has been part of the conversation. He's always said to me that L.A. is where I work, but St. Louis is home. So he really is coming home. It, it, no question about it. And, um, you know, he, he still is doing a lot of things in St. Louis on a charitable level. Um, and he's he's come back and made himself visible with his family back home. Um, I know a lot of guys that are not in baseball but are friends with Albert. And they say, oh, yeah, I was with Albert. We are playing golf the other day. I was like, really? He's in town? <laughs> yeah, he's in town. You know, he, he's always doing something in St. Louis. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Randy. This is this is home, so it is like a welcome back home. And again, you know, he's an aging guy, clearly. Um, and I, I just hope it works out. I think it will. He, he's too good of a hitter for it not to work out, and they'll put him in situations to have success. So I think it's going to be great. And can you imagine, guys, like, first of all, opening day, it, it's going to be ridiculous, right, when mm-hmm. he gets that ovation. <laughs> I mean, place is going to go bananas. But even late in games, it, it, it's going to have, to an extent, potentially kind of like the McGuire effect, where the Cardinals could be down like 8-1, to one, but you know McGuire was going to hit, so you stuck around or you're watching on TV. Can you imagine when he pops out of the dugout in a close game and, and he's the guy that's going to hit and he goes on deck? The place is going to go nuts, and the interest level is going to be there. And he's going to fail, and he's going to have success, but still, it's about – having him back home and wearing that number five. It's going to be really cool. I can't wait to see it. And Dan, we haven't even talked about the chase for 700. Everything that you just said, and then you add in the uh, the inching towards a historical milestone in baseball, I think that's going to add to the intrigue to this Albert conversation as well. For sure. What is he, 21 away, I believe? Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be tough, I think, in his role to potentially get there if he's not an everyday player. 
But um, without question, I mean, that's something that is in, you know, the, the storyline of him coming back home is the fact that the guy is set, you know, close to 700 home runs. It's incredible to think about that. Dan, while we do get to welcome Albert back home, we didn't get to welcome Max Scherzer back home. How about him yesterday? 90 pitches. He goes six innings. And this is we've had two weeks of spring training. This would normally be the opening weekend of spring training or at least spring training games. He's an animal. He's crazy. It's just, you know, he is, and he's 37. And to think that his first game, he went five. In the first game of spring training, (laughs) he goes five. And then uh, yesterday, he goes six. And uh, Buck Showalter basically said, okay, guys, I got, you know, telling them to me, I got two pitchers today. And normally you have, like, a litany of guys on a list that they can go through, right? He's like, yeah, I got De- I got DeGrom and Scherzer, and uh, that should cover it. And uh, we'll see you guys afterwards. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a, a pleasure to watch certain guys do what they do. And DeGrom, too. I mean, DeGrom mm-hmm. was hitting 98 to 100 in the first inning. And um, it's fun to see, man. Those kind of guys are... You know, you think about the Mets, if they get 30 starts out of both those guys at 60 games, you're going to win the majority of those. Right. And, and that's a third of your season. So, it, it, it you know, the, the money that they paid, those two guys could certainly pay off with uh, the results that they may get from DeGrom and Scherzer. And Max did mention last year at the end of the season with the Dodgers, and they're analytically inclined, but they held him back and they... they held the number of pitches down for him. He said, I don't want that. Buck Showalter is the perfect manager for Max, Max Scherzer. Yeah, well, he, he you know, it, it was interesting, too. Buck was apparently asked in an interview um, with the Mets, I think they were, they were, they said, well, what do you know about workload? And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something like, well, I know this guy played 150 games, this guy played 155, this guy played, you know, 152, and they all had great years. And his, his point was, I think, that every individual is different. And there are certain guys, I think, that you treat differently. And I, I understand what the numbers say, and the, the numbers are very, very valuable. And I look at those analytic numbers, and I understand what the story tells. But I do think there are outliers to that, um, to where there are times that guys can be pushed, and it's beneficial for them and the team. And, and it seems like Scherzer is one of those guys. And finally, Dan, obviously the signing of Albert Pujols is going to affect somebody. Who stays up? I guess Newt Barr, because he can play center field, will stay up. Does that affect Juan Yepes at the beginning of the season? I, I think it probably does, Randy. I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier. You know, when you have 28 now on a roster, you know, my gut tells me that you're going to carry 15 pitchers. If you don't, then I think Yepes has got a chance to, to be a part of it. Um, he's had three hits this spring. He, he's looked okay, but the one thing that you can do is buy yourself some time with the addition of Pujols and Dickerson by saying, okay, you know, we're not going to put all the pressure on Yepes and Gorman to be the, the pseudo combo DH. We're going to let them mature a little bit and get the experience that they need. So it may come at their expense, but you know these are still very young players, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right, and especially because you aren't with the DH, you aren't going to pinch hit nearly as much as you did before. So you have Sosa, Kisner, Pujols, Dickerson, Newt Bar. So that gets you, in addition to your, your normal starting eight, so that gets you up to 13, which would allow you to carry 15 pitchers at the beginning if you so desire. Exactly. And I, I think that's the direction that most teams will go to carry 15 pitchers just to be protected in the uh, first month. And remember, it, it's over, I think, May 1st. Then you go back to the 26-man roster. But 
Um, it's going to be beneficial, though, for, for teams to carry that extra pitching because we're, we're also seeing outside of Max Scherzer, guys just aren't going very deep right now in spring training, and they don't go very deep in regular season play. So you might as well protect those investments and, and make sure you get the, the innings covered. When's the next Dan McLaughlin Fox or a Fox? Come on, Randy, get up to speed. Bally sports Fox game. The other day. It's okay. Okay. I said Fox the other day. <laughs> it still happens. Old habits are tough to break. They are. Um, they, uh, the next game is today. So, oh, good. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, when or if the announcement will, you know, I, I I'm not at the ballpark right now. I'm going to get there a little bit later doing some different things, but, uh, I would assume that uh, that'll be the topic of conversation with myself and uh, Jim Edmonds. All right. Looking forward to it, Danny. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Great to be with you. Thanks. See you. That is Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. Next up, we've got a million, well, not a million, like a half million mic drops to get to next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Deep to center, Bird back on this one, and he has done it again into the basket for his third homer of the game. Albert Pujols is back. 9.04, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, and Albert Pujols has had a few three home run games in his time as a Cardinal, including one that happened during the World Series. Oh, yeah, we remember that one. Yeah. Brewers. Good times. Yeah, so we, we... We've handled uh, some Albert excitement over the years. Uh, a couple of texts before we get to mic drops. This one, Randy and Michelle, I'm so excited for the Cardinal signing of Albert. I'm 34 years old, and I've never been to a Cards home opener, so I splurged and bought some tickets for my wife and I. Now I can cross this off my bucket list in epic fashion. Oh, wow. You've never been to a home opener, and this is going to be your first one? I think it's yep. safe to say, Randy, that if you if this texter goes to subsequent home openers, mm-hmm. nothing's going to match. What no, we're you're going to have to get to another one. <laughs> but I, I just think this will probably be the pinnacle of home openers right. that you see in your lifetime. Here's one for a Thursday. So sick of hearing about Albert Pujols already. Great, we got a 47-year-old washed-up overweight guy that can't hit anymore. Sick of it. Okay, first of all, he is not 47, and he doesn't look overweight. There's a lot of—I'm very interested to see him today, Randy, because there's photos that have been floating around of Albert Mm -hmm. over the past few weeks, and he looks like he's trimmed down. Yeah. He looks looks like he was a a man with a mission this offseason to get his body into peak form and really make one final push at this thing. But I'm very interested to see what he looks like today when he reports to camp. From the 314, do we know who the starter is for the Pirates on opening day? My guess it's going to be Jose Quintana. He's really the only guy who would live up to the standards of being an opening day starter. They don't have anybody who's been around who's really good for them. So my guess is that they're going to start the left-hander, Jose Quintana. This from the 314. They're thinking about putting more people in the stands only. Their ticket sales are hurting. Well, I'm sure that this was a business decision on some level because you know the thing about the fact that we blew out our entire show today to talk about this man there is a lot of interest in Albert Pujols and a lot of people have bought tickets today let's not be naive however as we just spoke about with Danny Mac I think that the Cardinals were looking at the price point they were looking at the production they were looking at what was left out there from a baseball standpoint I think they were making 
one move. And then I also think that you can't quantify the type of leadership that he's no. going to bring to the clubhouse. Even though this is not a team that's devoid of leadership in any way, having another powerful voice in there, one of the best hitters in the game of baseball, period, to be there to help mentor your young players, you can't put a price tag on that. And this one finally from the 314. I was so excited when I heard about Pools that I couldn't sleep. What a year we will have with him and Wayno and Yachty. And Wayno and Yachty were lobbying the front office hard, and I have to believe Nolan Arenado was in on this <laughs> in getting the front office to at least consider bringing Albert back. I'm sure. We heard from Nolan Arenado last segment where he said, Albert Pools, you're my favorite player. I hope this message gets to you one day. I can't wait to hear what Nolan Arenado has to say about this because this is a team that already wants to win. I'll Oliver Marmol made no bones about it. His first press conference at spring training said, if we don't win the World Series this year, that's a disappointment. Mm -hmm. And there was already this sense of urgency to get it done for Wayno and Yachty. And now you bring in Albert Pujols. I wonder how much that impacts this this sense of urgency that the organization might feel to win, Randy. Because it's been 10 years. They haven't won since Albert Pujols last wore this uniform. Right. And if you haven't heard yet, Albert is going to be uh, DH against left-handed pitching. He's going to be a pinch hitter against left-handed relievers. And last year against left-handed pitching, Albert hit 294 with a 336 on base, a 603 slug. He had a 939 OPS against left-handed pitching. And in 136 at-bats, he had 13 homers and 34 homers, or 34 RBIs, 13 homers, 34 RBIs in 136 at-bats, but a home run every 10 at-bats against a left-handed pitcher. So that's pretty good. Mike Drops, Brian, first up here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Randy and Michelle. Uh, I just wanted to say about Albert Pujols, I think that from a productivity standpoint, we will get the very best that we could out of him. Because when you think about how he performed here as a visitor, uh, just between him being a Cardinal this year and getting to play at Bush Stadium as his home ballpark, uh, I really believe that we are going to get the absolute maximum potential and output that we possibly can from Albert versus what other teams could potentially get from him. I would think so. And the energy that will be provided by the home crowds, that has an effect on athletes. I would think that'll help them too. I wonder how that'll affect the opposition. I know Albert Pujols is not the player that he once was, but think about the electricity yeah. that is going to be pulsing through Bush Stadium when it's a high-pressure moment and Albert steps in the box. People are going to be going nuts, and I wonder how that might impact some opposing pitchers, especially coming off two seasons where you haven't had packed ballparks all the time, and you might not have been used to that for the past two seasons. Let's get to Gerardo. Hey y'all, this is uh, Jordan from Amarillo. I, in response to Carterville, Chris, I guess, but think about it this way. Hindsight, we were able to sign all the other star power from the money that we would have paid him. You got to be grateful for that. I mean, it's, the stars would have been a different story for us. And also, it's 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 a good signing just because of the simple fact that we needed a DH that could do what he's able to do, or what he's at least recently done against left-handed pitching. And it's something about the beauty of baseball as far as poetry writing itself. It's inevitable. This guy is going to have so many amazing moments this season. That is something that I've been feeling a lot this morning, Randy. 
The business of sports has beaten me down the last few years, whether it was the lockout or the, all of the infighting with baseball because of the pandemic or because of the Rams leaving. It just seems like so much of the gross side of sports has come out to play, especially when it comes to St. Louis mm-hmm. sports the past few years. And if even just for a little bit, I want to remember why I love sports. And Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis is an incredible story. This is why we love sports. This is greatness personified, and we get to see him make his return to the place where we saw so many special moments. We're going to get moments that we could only dream of at Bush Stadium this season, whether it's the home opener or the inevitable home run that he hits in a big moment, because you know it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. It's Albert Pujols. This is why we love sports, and after everything we've endured as sports fans over the past few years, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to to remember why I love it again. It's It's a cool day. Let's get one more mic drop in this segment from Charlie on 101 ESPN. Hi, my name is Charlie. I'm 72. I've went through all phases of Cardinal baseball since the 1960s. Albert being here was one of the best times we ever had. It was so disappointing when he left, but I understood why he did it. And I, again, I wish it hadn't happened, but, you know, the past is the past. Bringing him back now is a phenomenal thing, and I think it's going to energize the Cardinal fan base. It has already energized me, my friends, my brother and I, who also has a radio show over in southern Illinois, and him and I have talked about Albert coming back. We thought it might happen sooner than this. It didn't. But now that it has happened, there's so much to look forward to this year. I'm just ecstatic about it. Charlie, so are we, and so are many Cardinal fans. As a matter of fact, Michelle had a poll up on the Twitter machine. How many people were excited about this? Let's see. Let me Let's check it. Stand by. Yes, I posted a poll this morning on my Twitter feed, at msmallman on Twitter, and I posted one on Instagram. If you're not a Twitter user, because it's a scary place, I understand. <laughs> um, I said, are you happy Albert is back? Is this the best move for the Cardinals? 88% of people reporting. Randy says, say, welcome home, Mang. 12% say, bad move, Mo. All right. We appreciate you participating this morning, and we'll get more mic drops and more texts as we head down the stretch. Coming up, though, the Final Four is next weekend, and we're going to talk to Jerry Palm of CBS Sports about what we can expect next weekend next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And next Saturday in New Orleans, it's the Final Four. The first game will pit Villanova against Kansas. And the next game will be Duke and North Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And CBS Sports' Jerry Palm, kind enough to join us for a few minutes. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Everything's great. First of all... If we would have told you after North Carolina had knocked off Duke in that last home game for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, if we would have told you, okay, these two are going to see each other again in the NCAA tournament, what would you have thought? Oh, it would have seemed unlikely uh, because of, you know, really how the regular season went. It was the worst year anybody can remember in the regular season for the ACC. It was Duke and nobody even close. Uh, And North Carolina was the in the end, the second best, but they're an eight seed. There's six seed lines behind Duke uh, in the in the bracket. 
but North Carolina was one of three teams in this tournament, uh, Memphis and Michigan, the other two, that were relatively highly regarded in the preseason because of the talent on their roster and never played to the level of their talent very much at all, I guess. Not, not really never, but didn't play very much to the level of their talent during the regular season. And then all of a sudden, you know, started to show it in the tournament. Michigan, you know, won a couple of games, um, got to the Sweet 16. Memphis gave Gonzaga a big run for their money as a nine seed. And North Carolina made it all the way to the Final Four. So, you know, that was a talented team, more talented than the number to the left of their name would indicate. But I still wouldn't have thought they'd get all the way to the Final Four. Jerry, especially North Carolina, when Roy Williams said that he was leaving, you assumed that this might be a bit of a transition period for North Carolina. But yet here they are in the Final Four yet again. What does this say to the job that Hubert Davis has done with the Tar Heels? Well, I mean, it was great. But, you know, there was a transition period. It was November, December, January, and February. (laughs) You know, when they didn't really play all that well. Um, But they figured it out and first showed it when they beat Duke in the final game of the regular season. Uh, but then, that you know, Virginia Tech blew them out in the conference tournament. So, you know, you, you still weren't entirely convinced, but they've been good uh, in this tournament. They got a good draw and took advantage of it. Um, you know, the number one seed, Baylor, was shorthanded. Uh, they didn't have to play the two or the three. But, you know, that's not their fault. They, they just beat the teams in front of them. So um, that that's, uh, um, you know, a credit to them, and they're still there. And it's funny, we you know, we get a Duke-Carolina game in the NCAA tournament, which – you know, not the, the NCAA tournament brackets things to prevent, you know, conference teams from meeting each other until deeper into the tournament. So it's the fact that this is the first time that's happened is not unusual. They try to prevent that sort of thing unless they're able to win all the way through. So, um, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, North Carolina has another chance to, <laughs> to, to stick it to Coach K uh, on his retirement uh, tour after beating him in his last home game. Now they have a chance to send them into retirement permanently. Jerry Palm of CBS with us on 101 ESPN. And it is interesting to watch Duke because this is, it's kind of the quintessential later part of Shashevsky's career team with the kids. He's got some phenomenal youngsters. He's got some really nice experience there. How do you think this team stacks up, though? Is this what you perceive as a Shashevsky championship team? Yeah, they certainly could be. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Kansas would be favored. They're the last number one seed. But, you know, Duke has played very well in this tournament. You know, they've, they're starting to, you know, when you have a young team like that, you know, it takes a while to get your chemistry built up. And, and you know, they didn't really struggle much during the course of this season. They're a two seed, right? So they had a great year. Um, but they're playing with more, I would say, confidence. Um, a little bit more of a swagger. Uh, Roach has really stepped up big in this tournament. So I, I, I just they, – they feel more mature now than they did even, you know, a month ago. So it's uh, – they, they look like they're, they're really gelling at the right time here uh, and taking full advantage of what is a very talented roster. Jerry, let's go to the other matchup, Villanova versus Kansas. A big blow for Nova as they don't have all Big East guard Justin Moore in the lineup. He uh, was diagnosed with that torn Achilles tendon after that Elite Eight win over Houston. How big of a blow is this for Villanova? Oh, it's huge. I mean, (laughs) he's their second leading scorer. And, you know, now you're playing, you know, the best teams in the country. You're one of them. Uh, So, you know, this is generally an all-hands-on-deck situation. They're going to play a very talented Kansas team 
uh, that's got pretty good depth, and uh, that's that's a serious blow to what Villanova does. Uh, there's no question about it. They've still got good players, you know, Samuels and and Gillespie. You know, they'll they'll be competitive, but it's hard to see them, you know, making a run to a championship without more. It seems to me like Jerry that. Over the last half dozen years or so, with all due respect to what Kansas and to Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky have done, seems like Jay Wright has the best program over the last half dozen years. Am I wrong? Well, he certainly would have to be part of that discussion. Yeah, he's done a great job at Villanova, three national titles. Um, it's, yeah, they're they're a, a blue blood of the sport now. They were not, you know, back you know thirty years ago or whatever, but. You know, they they won a national title with Raleigh Massimino, um, but they that was you know a, a, that was an eight seed I think mm-hmm. actually in the NCAA tournament. Um, but it, it you know what he's done is it, it, just consistent excellence. Uh, they're at the top of the Big East pretty much every year, uh, even though Providence won it this year. You know they're always a threat to go deep in the NCAA tournament. He's got great players. He's got a great program. Uh, they're they're the class of that league. And that's a pretty good league. So, you know, that's, um, yeah, they're, they're really, you have to think of them now as one of the blue bloods of the sport. All right, Jerry, four teams left. Who do you see cutting down the nets at the end of this? Duke. I, I think uh, their talent and new level of maturity, um, I think they're going to they're gonna end up winning it for Coach K. Not necessarily because they're trying to win it for Coach K, although surely they are, but <laughs> just to win it for themselves, I think, they're the best team standing. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Carolina kind of has their numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And really, any four of them could legitimately win it, although I'm less confident in Villanova because of the injury or more. And for those of us that like the stories, Duke is the story, right? If, if Coach K wins a championship yeah. in his last game, that would be something else. Yeah. Well, Duke has been the story of the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, Because whether he wins the championship or not, when he doesn't win, it's, his career is over. So um, that's always been the it's been the story really of the whole season, uh, but certainly has been the dominant story of the NCAA tournament. Is this the team that's going to beat Duke? Well, now North Carolina gets their shot. Jerry Palm, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time and the insight. We do appreciate it and enjoy the Final Four next weekend. All right, thanks. Thank you. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, does great work. You can read his work there at cbssports.com. Coming up, Michelle and Randy have more of your mic drops and more response to the Cardinals bringing back Albert Pujols for at least one more season. That's on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That is hammered in the left. Absolutely murdered, crushed by Pujols, and that makes it 11 to six here in the sixth. Here's one into left center field. Back at the track, he's got another, and more respect. Unbelievable. As he's hit a three-run shot, now a two-run shot, and he hits me. And here goes one into left. How about three on the night in a row? Shot a two-run home run, and now a solo blast. And Albert Pujols has tied Reggie Jackson 
with three home runs against the Rangers in game three. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O, O, H to the O-V. Joe Buck had those calls in 2011, World Series Game 3. Albert with three home runs in World Series Game. Pablo Sandoval has done it since. Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson before him. And now Albert is coming back to the Cardinals. Our friend Lisa checks in with a mic drop on 101 ESPN. Morning, everyone. I'm just so happy that I got my opening day tickets on Saturday. And wait, can you even imagine... I mean, I just, I love opening day so much. I can't even imagine the three of them coming around. So anyway, for those listening that have never had an opportunity to go to opening day, go to this opening day. It will be magical. And let the gods make it sunny in 75. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, it'll be a fun day to be at the ballpark and in downtown St. Louis. Should we do a weather check for the home opener? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I think it's going to be nice. We will be, by the way, at Ballpark Village that morning, so you can stop by and say hi to us at the Budweiser Brew House. If the weather is good, we'll be outside. If the weather's bad, we'll be inside. 62 and sunny. Okay, I like it. As of now, according to AccuWeather. So if it's like 52 in the morning, are you okay with being outside? You better believe it, Randy. Okay, we'll be there. Uh, another mic drop. This is from David on 101 ESPN. Everything is right with the world today. Everything. Albert's back, and I am so thrilled. I am just so thrilled. I think I'll even give my wife a kiss this morning. Ooh. Go Cardinals. Now, this is big time. This is This is just glorious that these sorts of things are happening in St. Louis. Albert causing romance over the breakfast nook. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing, isn't it? It is. And you know, can I give, it's all about love. Can I give you a late take it or leave it? Sure. Take it or leave it. The people in St. Louis that are happiest about the Albert Pujols signing are the St. Louis Blues. I would say that that is a take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have planned to talk about the Blues all morning long and uh, talk about the panic bus. And here we are talking about Albert. Yeah. By the way, Michelle, a uh, quick check here. Uh, somebody said, how many left-handed pitchers are there in the National League? And I'm not going to go through the whole league. But each of the other teams in the Cardinals division have at least two left-handed starters. So that's a good thing. Yes, Matthew. Cardinals, uh, obviously, they faced a righty in every single game last year. They only faced a lefty at least one time in 105 of the 162 games last season. And how many? Kind of a, it was a, uh, the at-bats. I can break it down here. Hold on a second. Okay, don't worry about it. But I just wanted so. He, based on what we saw last year, we wouldn't expect to see as many lefties. But a lot of left-handed starters in the National League Central. You've got Miley and Smiley with the Cubs, Miner and Sam Martin with the Giants. You've got Quintana and Dylan Peters with the uh, with the Pirates. So you're going to have a lot of lefties, and then obviously with uh, Milwaukee, let's uh, you're, you're going to have Hader coming out of the bullpen. And uh, has Milwaukee added a lefty? The, the three right-handers are, are the big guys, so they do not. Milwaukee does not have a left-hander in their rotation. It's almost exactly four plate appearances for to a righty for every one you get against a lefty. Okay, there you go, twenty-five percent. All right, another mic drop, and this is Tommy on one hundred and one ESPN. There's incredible excitement around the Pujol signing. I've gotten more texts about the Cardinals than I've had. Gosh, I mean since they've been in the postseason. I mean, certainly more texts for this time of year than, you know, maybe ever. 
you know, my mom, my grandma, my dad, and, you know, friends, friends who I haven't talked to in a while. I mean, it's just incredible. What Albert's going to do for the Cardinals this season is highly anticipated, and it's going to be a fun ride. It's brought a buzz back that Mm -hmm. didn't really exist. Yes, we were excited about Yachty and Wayno, of course. We were excited about baseball being back, but... This has brought an unexpected excitement. It's it's like a, a surprise gift <laughs> that's been thrown on top of all of that. And I think some people, even as much as they respect and admire Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, some people were still really mad at baseball and mad about the lockout. And they didn't know if they wanted to spend the money to go down to the ballpark. I think this is freezing over a lot of people that might have been mad at Albert, might have been bad at baseball. It's just brought in a different mm-hmm. level of buzz and intrigue to the city. Bryant is next up with another mic drop on 101 ESPN. I was crushed and despised Pujols when he left, but after some time, I got over it. I am super excited to have him back, let my son watch him play. Now, I know this is just a publicity move and a move to get my butts in the seat, but still super excited. Let's go Cards. Really, if you think about it, if you're... A franchise and you make a move if you make a move to win what are you hoping wins accomplish what do you mean by that don't you hope that wins accomplish putting butts in the seats oh yeah of isn't course. every move to put butts in the seats yes i thought you meant wins equal championship i thought that's yeah. the road we were going down Ultimately, like all roads lead to championship yeah. but yes this is a business this if, is a business if you sign Corey dickerson or if you sign steven matz or if you sign nick whitgren you sign those guys with the hope of winning and selling tickets. If you didn't sign those guys and you went in to the season with Johan Oviedo as part of your bullpen and uh, you made Zach Thompson a starter in your rotation rather than Steven Matz, then you could say uh, they aren't even trying. But when you sign free agent guys, when you trade for Arenado and you trade for Goldschmidt, seems to me like you're trying to put butts in the seats. I would think so. And winning ultimately does that. Yeah. And hopefully Albert will be able to contribute to winning. I'm not saying that the Cardinals are signing him as the last piece of the puzzle to win a World Series, but it's pretty disingenuous to think that Teams are going out and spending a bunch of money on players, not hoping that they'll put butts in the seats. The 636 checks in, Randy, with a great point. Guys, just remember, if this does result in a championship, it will be a net negative. This is true. (laughs) Got to keep that in mind. Oh, and then another uh, sunshine lollipops here. Let's make sure that we... Sunshine lollipops uh, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Okay, this one from the 314. It's okay to be happy about Albert coming home, but don't say everything is all right with the world. There's a freaking war going on that can easily become World War III. We are a sports show, and we are an escape from that kind of stuff. So in the sports realm and in the sports world, you say, yeah, everything's all right with the world because it's the Cardinals and the Blues world. And this morning for us, it's something to take us away from all of those other things. Now, there is a war going on, but this morning... We're paying attention to what's going on with the Cardinals because we don't talk about that stuff here. And, sir, I understand your um, concern about the war, but I would urge you to relax and compartmentalize. Both things can exist at the same time. You could be stressed out about the war and also be very excited that Albert Pujols is coming back. No. And maybe maybe lean into your feelings of, of excitement just for today. 
one other point that we must make here is you can also be just stressed out in general about war because Alberts has declined over the course of the last few years. Yeah, that's the war we're going to talk about here. Yeah. So it, it hasn't been what you want it to be. When you look at Albert's war, which, by the way, was stellar. His war with the Cardinals was 86.6 in 11 years, Michelle. Wow. But his war has declined now from 3.9 in 2014 to 3.0 to 1.5 to negative 1.8. So he was actually worth losses to the Angels. 0.3, 0 0.3, 0 0.0, uh, minus 0.7, and then last year, 0.1 with the Dodgers. So yeah, if you're concerned about that war, have at it. I understand. Um, and when I look at the Angel sample size, Randy, the the role that he played with the Dodgers and the role that he played with the Cardinal is going to play with the Cardinals is not the role that he was playing for for the entire sample size with the Angels. I mean, this is a 42-year-old man that is going to be used in very specific spots for the Cardinals where they feel like he can succeed and contribute to the team. We're not going to be seeing him at first base night in and night out, obviously. Yeah, he's going to be very specifically used, yes. intentionally used, as Carlos or Carlos Oliver Marmol would say. I'm going to have to take some time to get used to Marmol not being Carlos. Yeah. Ollie. Ollie would be fine. By the way, when I yelled there, that was because the text to us was in caps. I wasn't yelling because of the war. I was yelling because I was told like it's okay. regular writing. It's okay to be happy about Albert coming home. Then all caps, but don't say everything is all right with the world. So that's why I yelled. I yelled because it was the way it was written. You know, Randy, um, over the weekend, there was some stuff about Deshaun Watson, right? And I had tweeted mm -hmm. about it. And what I have learned is a lot of people out there are very angry and could really use therapy. And I don't mean this. This is not me being flippant or anything at all. I, I just feel like there. There's so much that's been going on in the world mm -hmm. <laughs> over the past few years, and there's just a lot of people that can't be happy. They they actually cannot be happy, and they exist being stressed out, and they exist yeah. being angry. And I would like to start a GoFundMe page or something <laughs> to just get people the opportunity to talk to someone. And I, again, I'm not being flippant at all. It's actually alarming to me how many people just operate at, at their equilibrium is rage. Yeah, that's where we are now. Yeah. You're right. And it's kind of scary, and it's a shame. It is. Because you take a deep breath, smell the flowers, blow out the candles, take a deep breath, and you can chill out a little bit. Can I get one more text for you? Always. Before we take a break, and yeah, we'll please. get to a few more mic drops before the end of the show. Since y'all are drinking the Kool-Aid, would you mind telling us how many other teams were lined up to sign him? Michelle, one of the very first things I said this morning when we came on the air— I've said it since, and I'll say it again, is that before I went to bed last night, before I knew that this was going to become official, I thought the Cardinals were the seventh or eighth best team in the National League. I woke up this morning, found out that the Cardinals were going to bring him back, and I still think the Cardinals are the seventh or eighth best team in the National League. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. As you have mentioned, as I have tried to mention, this is a special occurrence for people that were emotionally invested in the franchise during Albert's time here, and especially those that have kids that have never seen him play. And you can take a youngster to the game who doesn't remember Albert Pujols playing and say, that's the best player that I ever saw, and probably the best player you're ever going to see. This was not... 
in my opinion, a move the Cardinals may think it's a move that is going to make them incrementally better. But in terms of on the field, I still think the Dodgers are better. I think the Giants are better. I think the Padres are better. I think the Mets, Phillies, and Braves are better. And I think the Brewers are better. So, And the Cardinals are probably right there with Milwaukee because their offense isn't that great. So seventh or eighth best in the National League. I don't think that's drinking Kool-Aid. I think that's just being enthralled by a sports event. And sports, as far as I'm concerned, exists to enthrall us. Yes, and again, both things can exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can think that this move doesn't really shake the Richter scale when it comes to World Series contenders in Major League Baseball and also be really excited about it and what it brings to the Cardinals Mm -hmm. on a lot of different levels. Both things can exist at the same time. But Randy, maybe it's the muscle memory in me, but even though Albert Pujols is 42 years old and you just gave the war numbers and we've seen that he is clearly not the same player that he once was. Maybe it's because I have seen him do so many special things when it matters that I have more confidence in him coming back to the Cardinals, being rejuvenated, stepping into that box in a high-pressure situation. Do you have more confidence in Albert to get it done or one of these younger unproven guys? And maybe the unproven guy is the right answer. But I'll tell you what, based on the sample size that I have, even with the player that he is today, there is a part of me that will always believe that he can do something great. I'm with you. I totally agree. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And coming up, we're going to get a couple of more mic drops in. We do appreciate your participation in the show this morning. A couple of more texts before the balloon party with Tim McKernan on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Batting fifth, number five, first baseman, Albert Pujols. Pretty awesome. I mean, I don't have any words to describe. I mean, it's just uh, amazing, you know. Uh, once again, you know, not just uh, the experience and the memories that I have in this stadium, but with this fans. Albert hits it a ton out to deep left. He gave us 11 years of memories we'll never forget. He's just given us another. This weekend they show it back again. Uh, I was telling these guys, I'm like, you guys are going to see uh, amazing fans, you know, when we go to St. Louis. So, I enjoyed it. This is probably one of the best moments of my career. I'm going to put it out there with a two-word series champion, you know, and the success that I have here. That was amazing. And he has said that since in private to me and other people is that that weekend that he came in with the Angels, every game sold out and he hit the home run on Sunday, was right there among the highlights of his career. Winning World Series, winning MVPs. But the reaction, the response that Albert Pujols got from Cardinal fans really hit home with him. And I have to believe, Michelle, that's one of the reasons that he was willing to wait things out here. The Rockies were talking to him. The Orioles were talking to him. But he wanted to come back to St. Louis. Not only because of the connection he has here, but... This is a person that's very competitive and wants to Mm -hmm. win. He knows that the end of the road is near. And when you just name those other two teams, he's looking at the Cardinals as a team that can definitely win their division or should win their division and should be a playoff team. So I imagine not only does he have those strong feelings for the community and for the organization, but it has to be so sweet for him to think, wow, I could come back there and not only experience that at Bush Stadium again and be back with my brothers and Adam Mm -hmm. Wainwright and Yadier Molina, but have a chance to really go for it one more time. 
And by the way, this job just became a lot more interesting. Cardinals with a hiring event tomorrow at Bush Stadium for for Delaware North Sports Service. If you want to be a concessionaire, maybe walking through those uh, rows as Albert steps to the plate. Uh, An event tomorrow at Bush Stadium from 2 to 7 p.m., Go in at the 405 South Broadway entrance, and you'll have the opportunity to get a job with the Cardinals for 2022. That'll be fun. If you're ever going to get a job with the Cardinals, it feels like this is a good this year to start. A good, good year to start, <laughs> no doubt about it. Let's hear from Adam, who joins us with a mic drop on the mic drop feature on 101 ESPN. My only reservation to bring Albert Pujols back is with him being 21 home runs away from 700 and 65 from being second all-time in RBIs. If he has a good year and comes up 5 to 10 home runs short of 700 and 10 or 15 RBIs short of being second all-time, will he want to walk away from the game? They keep saying that this is going to be the last ride, but I don't see him walking away if he's that close to those milestones. And if Yachty and Wainwright have good years too, what if Albert convinces them to come back for one last ride too? And now the front office has to make a decision on do we let these three legends come back one more time or do we let them walk? What sort of baseball decision are they going to make and what sort of pressure is that going to put on the front office? Well, I, I can tell you this. Number one, these are things that take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But number two, with... Those three guys in particular, the Cardinals, one of the reasons they signed Albert is because they weren't really thrilled with what they saw from Yepes and Newt Bar so far this spring. They wanted to get a more substantial, experienced hitter in there. Those guys are going to be ready at some point, and the Cardinals are expecting them to be ready, if not this season, then certainly for the beginning of 2023. And also... Let the future be just that, the future. I mean, this is a Mm -hmm. a rarity, what we're about to experience this season with these three players. I would just encourage everyone to savor every single game. Worry worry about next year, next year. As you said, that will all work itself out. But what we get to experience right now, we're never going to experience it again. Having three franchise icons together again at the end of their careers, going for it on on a team that as the Cardinals have themselves described, is built to win. If they don't win the World Series, it's a disappointment mm-hmm. for them. Like, let's savor this and enjoy it. And let's get one more mic drop from Jen, who joins us this morning on 101 ESPN. In response to the 314's negative Nancy stuff, <laughs> if you were in that position and it would be a huge moneymaker for you, is the guy saying that he wouldn't do that? Because I sure hope he's not a CEO of a business or something. Um, bringing Albert back, Albert's the kind of guy that is passionate and nothing drives him more than that passion. So what he and the Cardinals had, it's just going to drive him even more. And the fact that he gets to do it with Wayno and his best buddy Yachty, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up some pretty good numbers. Go Albert and woohoo DeWitt. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, you hope at the age of 42 or at in Adam's case 40 or in Yachty's case 38 that they can still do it, but the spirit is definitely going to be willing. Absolutely, but I echo Jen's sentiments, and I think all of us are going to be brought down to earth a little bit when this actually plays out. You know, Again, this is not the Albert Pujols that we last saw wearing the birds mm-hmm. on the bat, and I know our expectations and our excitement level are probably overmatching what reality will be, but for just a second, that's okay, because 
I remember him doing amazing things. And I know that this is a person that has willed himself to greatness at many different points in his career. And until he consistently proves to me that he can't do it, I'm going to lean on the sample size that I have of him. This has been a lot of fun this morning. Thanks to our producer engineer who's been racing this morning, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Michelle, this was great. It was, Randy. What a fun Monday. See you tomorrow. And the balloon party continues with Tim McKernan coming up. We've had a balloon party for three hours here. T-Mac and Action Jackson coming up. And then, of course, the midday show featuring BK and Ferrario. And then the fast lane. And I'm sure we'll be talking Albert all day here on 101 ESPN. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.